for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears. Multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. We've all been there. It's prime time evening, and that bull keeps screaming and going further and further from the nearest road. It's that little voice of worry that starts in your head. What if you get caught in the dark? How hard will it be to get back? Probably won't get a shot anyway, right? It's that fear of getting lost or caught somewhere unknown after dark that keeps hunters only stone's throws away from their known trails. It's that fear that limits your opportunities. It's that same fear that leaves so many of us wondering, what if? Well, y'all, it doesn't have to be that way. Today, we talk about how and why you, you have to and can eliminate that fear, putting yourself in more and better positions to kill an elk. So, my friends, pull up a chair, adjust your volumes just right, and welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting, brought to you by ElkGrows.com, with your host, Gilbert Ornelas, and elk hunting coach, Joe Gilly. You want to hunt elk? And they live to hunt elk. Their goal is to share with you what they have learned grinding it out for over 35 seasons, doing what they love. So come on into camp and set a spell. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunters. Hello again, everyone. If it's your first time with us, glad to have you. Hope you enjoy our show. And for those blue-collar hunters out there following us, welcome back to Elk Camp. I'm Gilbert Ornelas, coming to you from Spring, Texas, and joining me from New Mexico is our elk hunting coaches, Chav and Joe. You all know what's next. It's our shout-out time, Joe. Yep, here we go, guys. <laughs> if you guys are new to the show, y'all are new to the show, these are the shout-outs to just a few cities with the most listeners topping our charts for the week. And you give it to them first there, Gilbert. All righty. Topping our charts this week until you've gone to summer camp at the very haunted Robertson Museum, gotten your first kiss at the Skate Estate, or been through the bubbles at Discovery Center. 
you haven't been a true native of this city. In Binghamton, New York. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, that's so awesome, man. Thanks, Binghamton. Um, Chav, you? Okay, up next, holding the title for the highest jello consumption per capita in the world, a blue-collar shout-out to Salt Lake City, Utah. So, you know, I'm like, why? <laughs> <laughs> Those Mormons up there, they like Jello, Joe. Uh, I guess, man. Uh, yeah. And, Shout out know, to our elk brothers in Utah. I figure as hot as it is in Texas, man, they they had to be hitting the Jello for Texas. Yeah, they had vodka in there. Jello. Oh, Jello. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 they changed their consumption up a bit, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, up next home of the Boise State Broncos, who, in my opinion, y'all, 2007, (laughs) Boise versus Oklahoma, Fiesta Bowl, Chris Peterson coaching, probably the best game I've ever watched in my life. It was unbelievable right down to the finish. Right. That was a great game. Boise, Idaho in the house. Awesome. Uh, Okay, next up, in 1956, this city purchased – its first police vehicle, a 1956 Chevrolet four-door sedan for $1,542, the city of Mansfield, Texas. I th- you know, sometimes we just get things put in perspective. In 1956, they paid for their police vehicle, their first city's police vehicle, for 1500 bucks, And what I thought was interesting about that was it didn't even come with the police radio. That didn't get there till like a month later. And uh, <laughs> so the first dispatcher for that town was the police chief's wife. And the last one, Gilbert? Yes, sir. Known worldwide as the home of blues and the birthplace of rock and roll, not to mention gospel, jazz, R&B, rap, and soul. A musical shout-out to our brothers in Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis, Tennessee in the house. Awesome. Absolutely. Guys, if you like what we're doing, please subscribe, rate, and review. You have to go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes to review, and you can check out more on our elk hunting content on elkbros.com. If any of our listeners would like their questions answered on the show, just send your questions or comments to info at elkbros.com. That's info at elkbros.com. All right, guys, today's subject isn't always talked about, and no one really likes to talk about their fears, but like my grandpa said, feel the fear and do it anyway. Um, We all have to face it. So um, let's talk about that, Chav. Well, I think one of the big fears a lot of people still have, despite uh, all the new technology, is getting lost. Yes, sir. And, you know, at least once a year, we hear in the news that somebody in New Mexico get, got, got lost hunting. Right. And they, unfortunately, they always end up dead. Mm. And and just lately in the news, that one lady in, in Hawaii got lost for about two weeks, 17 days. 17 days, yeah. And uh, she was just jogging her normal, one of her normal trails and took the wrong turn and, you know, got lost. Uh, fortunately for her, she got, uh, she got saved. You know, right. somebody, one of her friends spotted her and, uh, for the most part, I think the search had been called off except for friends and family. So she was lucky in that respect. But we also found out later that uh, another guy got lost about the same time, and he was right. found dead, dead two days later. And uh, he wasn't like uh, 
a city nerd, I guess. Oh, no. I mean, yeah. he was well-built, uh, looked like he could you know, handle himself in, in most situations, but yet he got lost and didn't make it back. Yeah. And I think a lot of hunters, uh, even now, uh, have a fear of getting lost. I know when I first started hunting, if I was with Joe, I didn't even pay attention. I just kind of followed him around. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if he stopped and said, go back to the bike, I would have, uh, which way? <laughs> but then there are a lot of times where we separated, you know, uh, you know, we weren't finding signs. So we had to separate and go, go two different ways to, you know, locate where the elk were. And for the most part, I, you know, I didn't venture too far away from established roads. But when I did, I made sure I had landmarks. You know, I had my G, my uh, compass with me, but I'm not real good at that, even though I was a Boy Scout. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> you yeah. were a Boy Scout, huh? Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I, I, I kept a, a a safety corridor, so to speak, you know. Missed out on that merit badge. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, I, I can recall one time uh, <clears throat> getting lost, actually. It got dark all of a sudden, and all of a sudden uh, I turned around and, Everything looks the same at night. You know, you get a flashlight. So you get a flashlight, you flash it around, shoot, Very everything looks alike. Right. So you pull your old compass out and you say, well, I'm, well I, I didn't pull my compass out. I said, well, I know the road is just right down there. <laughs> so I traveled down and hit the road. Then when I got to the road, uh, I couldn't tell which way to go, right or left. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I was lucky that I ended up hitting a gap, which is a, a gate on a barbed wire fence. And happened to fall the right direction. But I could have gone the other way just as easy. Sure. And would have been out there all night long. And uh, I know a lot of people, you know, now have GPSs and stuff. But there's still the uh, that fear in the back of their head that there's a possibility that they're going to get lost anyway. Because uh, using the new uh, technology, it's kind of like practicing, mm-hmm. uh, shooting. You have to practice with them, too. Because right. sometimes it's like, I got my GPS here, but I didn't. Don't I forgot to mark that. I forgot to mark down where the bike, where the bike is. Yeah. And, and you're lost. So you know, I think that's always in the back of people's heads. And there's a lot of people out there that don't still that still hunt without a GPS or something like that. And and part of that is the cost of what they were. And we're going to talk a little bit later on that. But you don't have to incur that cost now because everybody. Everybody now, believe it or not, has a GPS with them, which we'll talk about. But I, I think it's important that we talk about the fact that, like Chav said, not everybody's good with a compass or a map. I mean, there's when I look at a map, I'm able to relate. I, I mean, what I see on that paper is what I see around me. I, I see the dimension in it. But I've tried showing people on a map, and <clears throat> they don't have a clue. They just are not able to relate that and it's just something that they're not good at so they end up staying close to roads and trails and and like you said they're going to hunt just the areas that they know and basically that's their insurance policy so that's a huge problem because when we talk about failure points and all the things that we do in our skill sets in our equipment in our strategies that becomes a failure point because now those people have just automatically limited themselves to the highest used areas and the same places that they go time after time. So the elk, they know that, man, they're going elsewhere. Right. And so that has to, you know, that has to change. And 
we need to, and that's why I felt like this is important. We need to understand what our shortcomings are and let's give people some skills and talk about things that can help them out because, you know, all of us went through this, our early experiences in the woods. And, you know, for me, I was raised in swamplands. You talk about everything looking alike. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get to see a mountaintop. <laughs> you don't get to see a ridge. You know, I mean, yeah, the forest canopy's too big. Yeah, it's thick and it's thick as heck. And, you know, you're in water from water to water and tree to tree. And you really have to develop skill sets. And, and I had skill sets that were taught to me by my family and things that I learned. But, uh, you know, for you in West Texas, Gilbert, God dang, you get in that mesquite country there, everything looks the same too. Oh, yeah, especially at dark. And it gets it gets so dark here in Texas, the only thing I like to weigh is if you got a little moonlight or some starlight. But other than that, it, you can't see your hand in front of your face. Well, you know, try to get through dark. that stuff, even if Ooh. you, you know. It's powerful. Yeah, A, a person could tear themselves up pretty good. You know, going through that. And and Chav and I have been caught in the dark two miles in the pitch dark Mm -hmm. uh, without a flashlight and Mm -hmm. early in our career. And I don't know what we were thinking. I don't know how it happened, but it did. And that could have got ugly real quick. Yeah, We were literally walking with our hand in front of our face like we were in a cave trying to make sure nothing poked us in the eyes as we were as we were moving so. yeah you could wave your your hand in front of your eyes and, <laughs> and you couldn't see anything can't see so it. dark I know. yeah luckily for us there's a river that helped navigate our way out how was it for you the first time you ever got into the elk woods i mean because <clears throat> dude it, it well it was 10 years ago um gps's i don't think you know no, well, basically, I, I you had was, people that knew the area, right? I was very lucky. I had uh, Carl Gamage and mm-hmm. and uh, R.C. Knox and yourself uh, that, I, you know, that was kind of like their backyard. So <clears throat> they've hunted it a long time, and they knew it. Uh, but, you know, I remember R.C., we got it turned around a couple of times uh, mm-hmm. just because in the early morning light, uh, everything looks the same, you know, and, uh, we'd have to adjust. But at the end of the day, I mean, he knew exactly we were going in the right direction or the wrong direction pretty quick as soon as we could get some daylight. Right. Uh, yeah. For me, it's the anxiety of not knowing where you're at. Uh, so, you know, I, I always, you know, I wasn't a boy scout, but my grandfather and my, my uncle taught me how to use a compass and, uh, for me, if I can get a heading from where we leave camp uh-huh. and I can adjust my bezel on my compass, I know exactly how I need to come back because there's right. an arrow on it, right? So right. for me, it, it, I really have never had a problem. I carry that compass with me everywhere I go. No matter whether you have a GPS or not. No matter whether I have a GPS or right. not, it's in my pack. And all I have to do is set a bezel setting on it when I leave camp and I know exactly which way I need to travel to come back. You know, I, I keep mine in my pocket because there's a lot of times that uh, you don't want to be chewing the power on either your GPS or, you know, now on your phone. Yeah. So I take a look at it and get a reading which direction. I point my compass in that area, and then I, I turn that off, and I use my compass and yeah. going that way. And that's going to that's going to get you in the general until you figure, okay, how, how much closer do I need to be? And you can go back and check that. So, that and I think guys, I think guys too, Joe, that, that are going to come to an area 
that's some preparation that they need to put into if they've never been there and familiarizing mm-hmm. themselves. Google Maps is a huge thing. You can actually see the area from an aerial photo, and you can see the parks and the breaks and all of those, you know, uh, I guess we would call them boundaries. You can actually see it on Google Maps before you ever hunt that area. Right. So, And you can familiarize yourself with, okay, I've passed two parks. That next park on my right is going to be where I need to turn and get to the trailhead or wherever it may be. You know, so I think a lot of people end up, though, doing what Chav does, though, is they're going with somebody else that – you know, they kind of depend on them to do all that structure, and, and then they're walking with them. And, and you know, you might decide to go hunt off on your own, and next thing you know, you're not prepared like that. And mm-hmm. they don't have the skill sets, mm-hmm. you know. And so you talked about your, your grandpa teaching you the compass. Uh, let's talk about the other type of techniques that are useful and, and can actually be critical today, can, can save your life. No doubt. Um, but – Mostly the purpose of this podcast is we want people to be able to be gutsy and fearless when they hear that elk people, because you said the mornings weren't so bad, right? Yeah. Mornings were never bad because, you know, <laughs> you, you develop landmarks that you know exactly where you're at. So you know how to get back. Right. So that's not a problem at all. But, you know, nighttime, it's a little bit different. And even now with, with GPSs and other technology, uh, you know, you're, you may be using your phone. Battery runs out. You're in the same situation. Same thing with the GPS. Battery runs out. So point of failure right there to remember is, is you need to have an extra power source for your, for your phone just in case. Yeah. Um, but talk about some of those techniques and stuff now that, you know, for those people that end up getting caught out there, uh, and I, I want to reiterate too, guys that do use GPS, Chav and I had an episode <clears throat> where we were up on top of a big ridge and we shot a bull and we were tracking him and it got late and uh, we were having to come down. <clears throat> well, <laughs> our GPS said it was like 1.4 miles to, to where we needed to go. Well, line of sight, right? That's line of sight. <laughs> that is all line of sight. Cause I'm telling you, we had to come down two miles to get to it. And every time we looked down to GPS, it were 1.4 miles from the bike. And I'm, I'm like about ready to die. Cause all this fallen timber <laughs> we're having to crawl over. I say, how, how much further? It says another 1.4 miles. I'm like, Oh my God, Chad, <laughs> throw that thing away. I, said, I don't believe your GPS. Well, and you know, it's kind of like you hear stories about uh, uh, the, the lady that ended up driving her car into a lake because, you know, their Google yeah. Maps told them to take a right and, yeah. and go that way. But, you know, we've literally had that happen where we're in the dark and you're flashing ahead of you, yeah. you know, with your flashlight sometimes and kind of you're sitting there looking at your GPS and you're just walking forward. And me and Chad, we were walking through, and for some reason, I was like, man, that, that light is just not picking anything up in front of me. Flash <laughs> down to the ground. We were two foot from a cliff, you know. Right. If, as yeah. a crow flies, we were only uh, 600 yards from where we wanted to be. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah. we ain't crows. <laughs> so 400 foot drop in front of you ain't, ain't no good you know yeah so yeah, you, you gotta, gotta be very careful you gotta be that, careful and if it was the morning you would have noticed that there's a little path to your right you know a couple of hundred a couple of yards away right, <laughs> yeah. right. but it's nighttime 
you know, yeah. it's, it's totally different. It changes things. So I think one of the number one skills, uh, Joe, is just being observant, you know, uh, understanding, checking and viewing your back trail. You know, uh, I think those skills of where being observant of where you're traveling and understanding some landmarks, you know, I'm real big about landmarks, um, trying to figure out, okay, that tree's got a big knot on the side of it or where, but those right. things that stick out to me, you know, uh, I'm very observant, was taught that from a young age to be very observant. And that's and, huge because you just don't, you just don't want to go through the woods without really studying what's around you. Right. And, and for a lot of reasons for finding sign of the elk, for uh, looking for movement in the trees, but not just that, but study, look at those things that you might recognize again. And like you said, continually look yeah. on your back trail because going in something doesn't look the same as coming out of it. Exactly. So you're right. That's real huge. And, and those landmarks, people, you know, rivers, creeks, you know, hillsides you, that, that you've been on, hilltops, drainages, you know, look at what those, where those drainages, how they run together. Because, man, just uh, following that drainage a certain direction that you know there's a trail at the bottom or at the head of it or something like that can can be really big for you. Or that there's a fence line, you yep. know, uh, burns. Yeah, I mean, sun, the sun and the moon, too. I mean, we use that <clears throat> predominantly. You're always going to have your sun waking up in the east and setting in the west so you know exactly where – if you can see it. I mean, some of these days are cloudy and stuff like right. that, but you can also see shadows – uh, that will help you predict, you know, which way east and west is. And if you know which way west or east is, you know which way north is. So. And I think there's a really cool point on this that most people, if they don't know about it, is that especially at September when you're bow hunting, that's the time of the, the fall equinox. And right. we talk about that as, and when we talk about estrus of elk, right? Well, right. At that equinox means that there's exactly 12 hours of daylight, and it happens twice. You've got the fall equinox, and you've got the March equinox. And at that time, your sun is traveling directly, raising in the east, going perfectly over, and setting in the west. So that's all, where it's different in winter. You know, you get, to your, you get back to your solstice, Yep. Either your summer solstice or your winter solstice. Now you have in your summer solstice that sun is now actually rising in the northeast and setting in the northwest. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So there's a slight north to it that you that you right. need to know and understand. Mm -hmm. And just the opposite in the winter, it's raising in the southeast and going to the southwest. But like you said about shadows, Gilbert. Let's say that you're out there and there is sun that you can get a shadow off of. If you do not know which direction you're going, all you got to do is get a stick about yay big. And I don't know, people are looking a, a couple feet, two foot, yeah. stick it straight mm -hmm. in the ground. So it's uh, 90 degrees from the ground. Where the tip of that shadow is, mark the tip of that shadow. Wait 15, 20 minutes then mark the tip of that other shadow. And if you draw a straight line going across there, you have your east-west right there. It's going to give you your direction. So for us in the swamps, we learned that moss is going to be kind of on the north side of a tree. You know? You bet. So part of that observance 
when I'm going through the woods is I'm always paying attention to two things. Uh, if there's any moss on the trees, but I'm always paying attention to the shadow angles of the trees around me and my own shadow angle. And that tells me if I'm switching directions or not, because I've got arrows pointing on the ground the whole time. Yeah. And a lot of times if I want to go a certain direction, if I want to head and I heard an elk bugle, the first thing I do is as I'm looking forward at where that bugle is, I check for shadow angles on the ground. And as I move towards that animal, because you might have to go around stuff, I try to keep my shadow angles the exact same way as I'm going there. And that helps lead me to that animal and, and get me on it. So that's really, that's really huge. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, moon and stars. Yeah. The moon moves across, but you know, it, it's not going to move within five minutes. So that can help you go in a direction. And when you look at the stars, North star, North star, or you can look at any star and you can actually do the same thing with some sticks or something. And you can aim at that star. And if that star is moving up, that means that you're in a certain direction. If it's moving down, because if, if it's moving up, that means you're in the East, right? Because stars go around that North star counterclockwise. So if you put a point on a star you can mount that same stick in the ground. You can get down and you can use that just like a sight. And you can put two sticks if you want and use them just like a front and back sight. And you can look at a star. If that star moves up, you're looking east. Right. If it moves down, you're looking west. Right. If it's moving towards uh, the left, you're in the north. Right. Looking north. If it's moving towards the right, you're looking south. Yep. So those are those are just different ways that, that you can get that. That's huge, man. It can save your life, you know? I mean, not knowing – I think the the big thing is preparation, Joe. I really can't stress that enough in getting familiar with your surroundings, knowing where a highway's at, the close – I mean, it might be 10 or 12 miles, but knowing how to get to that highway is going to be – can save your life, you know? Well, uh, no, knowing how to get back to camp. I mean, all those things from wherever you are, is it's huge. But when we talk about wanting to be aggressive as an elk hunter, yep. when you hear that bugle and now it's in the evening and the sun, a lot of times in our mountain country is now it's, it's not where you're getting any kind of shadows, right? Right. Yep. When you hear that bugle, first thing you should do is pull that compass out of your pocket, take a reading in which <clears throat> direction you're heading so you have an idea when you take off, if you don't right. have a GPS. So that way you can, you can hound after that critter and you know, general direction that you went. Right. Yeah. And you're not scared not being able to make it back. Well, and you know, get comfortable walking in the dark. Yeah. Make sure you have two flashlights with you. <laughs> yeah. Headlamp and a flashlight and a spare batteries for both. Yeah. And what, you know, the hard part is, is, what if you don't know which direction, you know, what should you do? You know, that's a conversation to always have with people at camp, you know, uh, because if you have a group there, you know, they might be worried, end up going out. But me and Chav always had a policy that he knew that a lot of times I sleep out in the woods. If I'm not back by a certain time the following day, then it's time to call out the troops. But a lot of times I'm going to, 
sleep in the woods and I'll get up and start hunting in the morning. So, you know, we kind of had that conversation. (coughs) So when things changed huge for me, because (laughs) like Chav said, before the GPS, even with compass, even with maps, you limited yourself because man, like you said, you hear that bugle way far off and you're like, Oh man, I only have so much daylight you just missed out on an opportunity because of those worries and fears in the back of your head. But once the GPS came in, man, totally changed. Yeah. The change, hunt. change the game. Change the game. I agree. Game changer. Yep. Yep. With that GPS, you could be as fearless, man, because you had that other, you had that insurance policy with you, you know, mm-hmm. now you can yep. leave in the dark and now you can come back in the dark and even though you still need to have that direction skill set, you need to have that compass in the map, that should change and get you off of those roads, get you off those main trails. Man, go in those places where those elk are uh, avoiding all those other people. Yeah, it really should uh, keep your fear down to a, a very uh, minimum. I mean, for real. Um, the, the GP, you know, when we go out – we mark the, the bike or we mark right. camp wherever we walk out of and we've got a heading and you just turn that thing on and go where you, where you want to go. And when you're ready to come home, you turn it around, push the button, go back and it'll lead you right. Back. And I mean, they, they're an amazing piece of equipment. It'll get you within three feet of where you, where you started and took your, yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. So good. when you, when you get an animal down, they're huge because you can mark that animal Absolutely. down you can go and go right if, if it's, him. yeah, if it's ATV country, you can get on a road <laughs> and you can see when you're at your closest point so that you're not having to haul out so much and then go and, right back to that animal. And a lot of these GPS, a lot of these GPS is now Joe are Bluetooth compatible where you can share different links to other GPSs of where, right. yeah, where, where you are position wise. So that's right. a, a big thing. And then, you know, the, the advent of, of onyx right i mean i'm so, a huge fan of that we use it a ton so i started using onyx when it first came out when nobody knew about onyx and the reason that i did use onyx was um again guys we talk about blue collar elk hunting and we're grinders man we you know uh you talk about budget and basically everybody has a cell phone if you have a cell phone you got so much in your hand because now you have your camera. You talk yeah. about lightening up the load. Right. You got your camera now. Cameras are incredible. I mean, the cameras on those phones now beat out what digital cameras were doing eight years ago. Oh, yeah. You know, they're just yeah. crazy. You have a video camera with you. You have a flashlight with you. You know, you have communication device with you, and you have a GPS. And like you said, Onyx – the cool thing about Onyx is that, and here's here's something that I tell people to do is you turn off your data, turn off your Wi-Fi, you know, turn off your Bluetooth. You can have all that stuff off, and you do not need data for your GPS to work. And you should always find your area, download your maps onto your phone ahead of time, so that you have clear resolution and you're not having, or because some places you're not going to have data. And if you do, that slows down the whole process and it takes away from 
you know, the charge on your phone, it starts eating at your battery. Big so time. it's so much better. Turn all that stuff off and just to use the GPS feature and your battery will last forever yep. on that thing. Uh, if it doesn't and you have something that's, that's chewing on it, make sure you have backup power source on that. But, yeah, I mean, they're cheaper today than ever to go buy a couple, uh, you know, a Mophie or whatever uh, that you can put in your pack. They're pretty light. You put it in there with the cord, and you can you can charge your phone again and again and again. Some of them are three to five times you can get a charge out of it. Right. So I, I keep one in my pack. It's a it's a small one. It's a good one for you know another uh, another uh, charge that day uh, if you need it. Uh, and it'll also charge your GPS too. So I, mean, I think the last time that I got a subscription to Onyx and download the software, I think for the year it was like 30 bucks. Right. And you know, when you take a look at the GPSs out there, mm. there's, it's gone 10 down. times that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait. I mean, that's 10, yeah. 10 times that, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, you're looking anywhere from 300 to close to $500 for some of those. Right. And to me, the screen on your phone and the imagery that you get is so much better than what you oh, see man. on the little tiny screen on, on a GPS. You bet. Now, if you have a GPS and you go to Onyx, throw that GPS in your pack and have those same points, oh, yeah. have your camp and stuff like that on there because now you have a backup. Yeah, I think it's important too. Uh, you know, we talk about digital scouting, right? Using right using all of our, our tools, the Google Maps and everything else that we can familiarize ourselves with before we go. Uh, so like you said, the Onyx, downloading the maps on your on your phone, right. marking our destinations, marking your you know water holes and parks, possible bedrooms, Aspen Forest. You can see all of that from Google. You can see where the forest changes from so uh, you, opinion. You guys to, out there that have gotten your tags and you're all excited and you're pumped, um, you know, kudos, you should be. Um, yeah. We're just <laughs> as excited as you are because yeah, we've drawn our hat. Yeah. But, you know, you're going into an area that you've never gone before. You now have the opportunity of traveling places on Google Maps, Google Earth. You can actually put things 3D mm -hmm. so you can yeah. see the lay of the land, and you can find locations on that some of the detail is really, really good. Some's incredible. And locate those specific areas or points of interest. Like you said, Gilbert, uh, you can find little ponds. You can find creeks. You can find possibly those north-facing slopes with the thick timber and stuff like that. And mark those certain parks that are hidden that most people won't see from a road. And when I say parks, I'm talking about little meadows, openings, where the canopies opened up burn areas and mark all of that stuff you can actually scout from your house digitally and when you look and you're doing that it's going to give you coordinates on the bottom on your google earth or on, or on google maps and all you have to do is input those coordinates into your onyx and it'll go right to the hmm. to the location and Onyx has the same exact map that Google does because that's sure. where they pull their maps from. So sure. what you're seeing on your computer in large, you can see on your Onyx, and you can go on and mark those on there without the coordinates as well. 
Yeah, you know, I used to fish, you know, semi-professionally, Joe, and we, us guys would be talking about where an area we caught fish or whatever, and we'd just have to say, well, we caught them over there. You know where this point is where there's a big stump sticking off of it and there's three boat docks past (laughs) it, right? So we (laughs) all had to do that. Now, I've got a friend of mine that's never been – never been to Toledo Bend and he was going to fish a tournament with his wife. He'd never been there. So I, I was actually able to go to Google maps and hit, take a picture and then draw. I don't know if you guys can see that right yeah, there. Yeah. You can actually see the picture and I could draw the Creek he needed to go in and, and fish in those areas and the I, track basically, yeah, right? The track, you know, and I, I mean, there's several different, several different pictures that I could show him in different areas where we knew that I put little dots and all that right. there. So he knew all he had to do is pull that up on his phone and he download that, pull that up on his phone and he could see in that general vicinity, I could put him right on where I needed him to be. So and I think, was never able to do that before. I think you, you remember before our hunt last year, um, I had actually marked particular points that I felt were important on the areas on our plan A, B, C, and D. Correct. And, you know, those are the areas that we plan for different hunts and different days. And I marked certain points, gave them names so that all of us, uh, and then I was able to uh, email those or even message. I think you can even message those waypoints to everybody everybody's able to put input those into their onyx now we have all have the same points on there with the same names which gives us an easy way to describe because now we're saying yeah you just got to go south of bear mountain or you gotta you know head down turkey creek or you need and all of us have the same language and understanding of those points and that helps a ton. Oh, yeah. A, a good rendezvous point, you know, if we want to meet somewhere together. Right. You know, especially if something goes down, uh, we can get in the same general area. And that's what I really like about the about the technology is Joe touched on it a little bit. Uh, you can down an animal and, and hike out of there in really rough stuff. But if you look at the, the map on your technology, you could see an easier way to get there or even find, like you said, a connect a road that's really close to it that you never would have known before. Uh, yeah. You know, saves a lot of time. I, I remember one time we down a bull up on the side of a ridge and I, buddy, I thought it was going to be a mile haul out and got in the truck, turned on the, the GPS, started driving around, found a point where we were 0.3 miles from that critter, which whoo, saved a ton of work. Absolutely, man. Yeah, no, okay. <laughs> yeah without that, it would have been awkward. a couple of mile, yeah, uh, a mile hike to the truck four times, you know, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, I oh, remember yeah. one one afternoon or one morning, I killed a cow uh, with Carl, and it was on top of this nasty little ridge. And man, I'm telling you, it was going to be horrible going back up and down that thing, right? right? Well, we were able to get the truck. We didn't know exactly where we were until we looked on the on the GPS, and the road was down below us right there. All we had to do was hike down it, and we if we pulled the vehicle up to it, we could we were within a quarter mile of of the vehicle. Whereas we were thinking, oh my god, it's going to be about a two mile hike, and then we got a two mile hike back up to get right. get back up there, and it's steep, you know. So we got everybody from camp, came, helped, and we loaded that critter up and got her in all in one trip. Well, and re- I want to remind people, too, that when you're using that Onyx, you can actually change the views of what you're looking at 
just like you can on Google Maps, right. where you can go from topo to hybrid to just satellite, or basically yeah. it's the imagery that you have on there. And I encourage you, when you do something like that, let's say that you're in an area and you're trying to get to a rendezvous spot, you're trying to find an animal, uh, you're trying to get to a certain destination that you want to hunt, always take a look at that hybrid where it's your imagery with the topo on it and really take a look at those topo lines and how they're running because the closer those lines are together, the steeper that particular section is. And it'll help you from ending up in the bottom of a steep canyon, you know, because you're thinking, well, I can just go down, you know, I'm only 0.3, but you do that, you can end (laughs) up sliding your butt down a hill instead of going over another, you know, uh, two tenths of a mile and then going down the sloping part of the ridge that's mm-hmm. an easier walk. So always pay attention to your topo lines as well and, yep. and how they, they run. You talked about the track feature for your fishermen, but we do the same thing. It's really cool to use that track feature. You turn that on when you leave, like for us, we, we go to, we use our ATVs to get to a certain spot if we don't walk out a couple hours before daylight, and then we're walking from that spot. So we can use that track feature to actually show what areas we've hunted during yeah. that, that morning hunt. We can see what we've covered where we haven't been. We can also, if we want, we can follow that track exactly back. Or if it's something that we hit a lot of sign, we can now save that track, follow it again another time, or give that to one of our campmates. So, you know, I have a a buddy that I guide with that hunts horns, and he uses Mm -hmm. that track feature to follow every place that he has walked looking for a horn. And basically that helps him grid out areas in a sense and cover places that he hasn't. And you ought to take a look at his GPS or his Onyx by the time he's done. It's (laughs) unbelievable. You know, the country he's covered doing that. Logan and I were, it went to Rayburn uh, Sunday and uh, that's kind of how I got these good looking sunglasses eyes. We were (laughs) on the boat all day. Uh, But, he's uh he's gonna start fishing some tournaments and we went to Rayburn and I just so happened I hadn't been on Rayburn in a, probably a year uh mm-hmm. maybe a little longer and the lake was t- eight feet high so everything looked different right. the landmarks are different everything looked different but when I turned my GPS on I downloaded from my other boat to this boat I turned my trail on to Ash Bayou I could run all the way up to Ash by on my trail and I right. never hit one thing. I didn't get, you know, it didn't hurt my boat. Uh, I kind of remembered how to run it, but man, when I looked over there, you know, at my screen as I'm running 50, 60 miles an hour and I can see I'm right on that black line or magenta or whatever color you want to make it. Right. Uh, I, I stayed right on it and it, it helped me from, not getting harmed, you know, so those trails are huge. You can mark those trails, uh, how to get back to camp. I mean, it, or how to get back to your bike or your bike back to camp. Cause at, in dark, at dark time, sure. we're riding our ATVs or our UTVs, those turns and, and, uh, everything look totally different. I can't tell you how many times I've passed the turn to go to our camp. And I know it's at that fence line, you know, <laughs> I mean, don't, but you don't I, see it. I don't see it cause it's dark. You go right through it. You know, so it's really you know what I love about that though, is that we have actually been successful the next day because we did hunt till dark 
And maybe we didn't get on it, but now we're actually out where we can hear those animals and start sounding off in the dark. And when you're walking mm-hmm. back, you walk back relaxed, you stop, you listen, and you use that right. as a great scouting opportunity. Um, but in going back to the track, I want to encourage people, though, and give you a big tip that if you're following a track or if you're following a GPS, still observe the area that you're going through. Just because you're, you know, don't get caught up looking at that GPS because it's, it's actually a tool to help you learn an area that you probably would have never gone into had it not been for the GPS, because now you're off the beaten path. You're not on a trail. You're, you're going, you're, you're being fearless. You're being gutsy and you're going in places that you think elk are because you know that now that even you're in, even though you're in their home, you now know how to uh, navigate. So when you're doing that, look around you, check your back trail, look at the type of growth you have out there. Look at, uh, is it dark area that, man, you go through there, you're going to recognize that you go through it. Is it an area where you can see burn marks on the bottom of trees from a previous fire? Observe, observe, observe all the time because that's one of your best tools without that GPS and to help you go through areas. So that's, and, you know, when you're going through, you come across a wallow, man, boom, mark that, mark that waypoint, you know. You find an area where uh, it's dark, northern side, and you're seeing beds, and you're seeing droppings all over that area, boom, mark that because you've just located a bedroom, and that's something that could really come in handy on a midday hunt. Absolutely. So, yeah, you, you need to mark that stuff and and do that. You know, uh, you and I, you and I, Joe, last year, the day before we started hunting, we actually came into camp early and, uh, we left probably just before dark, actually hiked to an area and just wanted to sit and listen. And we actually played with a bull. Uh, we got him, (laughs) got him to come right to us. Uh, but anyway, it was fun. We got to see there where some elk were setting up, knew where their patterns were going to be. And, uh, it was, it was really cool to be able to do that in the dark. You know, and then then we watch the elk, you know. That's the other advantage, though, is not just at night, but in the morning. You know, you have, you were out at night, uh, heading back, you located some animals, you look on your GPS and you can see the picture. Well, that sounds coming from that park right down there. You bet. So now, the next morning, you're able to move out hours before daylight, and because you can look at your onyx on your phone as you're moving you can see how close you're getting to that particular park so that now you can put yourself in position because you can relate and see how far you are from that area that those animals should be without yep. going in and booger them so it's a great tool to utilize in finding marking putting in position I just can't stress that enough. It, it literally changes the game. And, you know, if you're in backcountry, mm-hmm. places that you've never been before, now you don't you, – you can take old Mr. Worry off each shoulder and kick that buddy off yeah. there, man. And take that monkey off it. your back. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I think that's huge. All right. Do you have anything in closing? Well, uh, just, uh, you know, before you leave camp, make sure you mark everything that you need to mark. Mark your camp, obviously. And uh, don't forget to mark your bike. You know, sometimes you – Or your horse. Or your bicycle. <laughs> your horse, exactly. You know, yeah, or your trailhead. Yeah. yeah. You're in a hurry to get somewhere and you forget to mark it, you know. Right. So right. that still happens, but uh, you know, as long as that, you have your GPS going, you can backtrack. But uh, well, but the good thing though is with the imagery, even right. with that, you can still locate that area right. by looking yep. at it. So yeah, look at the general area and, and then pinpoint it later. It's hard for an ATV though because you don't know exactly yeah. where you've left that thing. <laughs> yeah. That's why it's important to mark them. And I'm telling you, I've constantly, you know, Chav and I both we hunt a lot together and. Joe and I hunt, but I'm constantly going, hey, hang on just a second. Let me mark the bike. Right. You know, we don't know where we're going to end up, and that's right. a good thing. You know, and that, even that, dark. Uh, that five minutes there um, gives you uh, a half hour, 45 minutes of prime time hunting because you're not worrying. Right. And so that five minutes, it, it's it's critical. Well there. worth it. Yep. Yeah, it, and it it's a great, great tool, and that – you know what you said, Chav. As far as uh, those things, make sure that you mark that. Make sure that you have it. That you're that you're ready to go, guys. The more fearless that you can, start chasing bugles. Yep. Gals. Yep. Start chasing those bugles. Absolutely. You know, uh, become that fearless hunter, and do not let that become a failure point for you. And you're going to find yourself in some great positions and enjoying. And that's the thing that I love about it is you really get to soak in and enjoy. You know, when I was a kid, when I was small and I kind of had this little fear of the dark, I still remember my dad coming up and tell me, it's like, don't worry about it, bud. It's just the daytime in a different color. And that's, and that's how I started figuring is that there, there were only fears out there were things that we put on ourselves. That's it. And yeah. it's a beautiful calm internal soul filling time to be in the woods at night it's you just uh, it's just an incredible you time with with nature mm-hmm. so yeah, just got to prepare just like anything joe you know it's been a fantastic show um, next week looking forward to it we're going to talk about somebody to ride the river with and uh, choosing your elk hunting partners Yep, all about the qualities and different things about finding an elk hunting partner. And when you find that great elk hunting partner uh, like we have uh, with the people that we hunt with, it totally makes it such a great experience. So we're looking forward to talking to everybody about that. It really does. Joe Chab can't thank you guys enough for been a great day for, for all of the all of the great comments and questions from our listeners on our last podcast. Guys, please rate and review us. Uh subscribe. Check us out at info at elkbros.com. Uh Joe, Chav, great show today. Uh looking forward to next week from Joe and Chav in New Mexico. I'm Gilbert Ornelas. God bless all of our grinders out there. Kiss your wives. Wives, kiss your husbands, hug your babies, make sure you keep your broadheads sharp and your powder dry, and we'll see you next week right here on Blue Collar Elk Hunting. Looking forward to it, everybody. Yes.
pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. One of the most legendary shows in the outdoors is on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Primo's Truth About Hunting, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.